it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm so excited to be joined today by my co-host, Tia Donston. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm tired. It's it's not like any later or earlier than I usually wake up, but for some reason I cannot wake up today. That was me yesterday. I was like out like a light, but fortunately I have a milk frother and an espresso machine and a latte that gets brought to me at like five in the morning. So. (laughs) Wow. Where do you get a Dave? (laughs) I need one of those. (laughs) It's a pretty nice arrangement, but we also have now like four pets that need attention when they wake up. Yeah. So like, I feel like the collection of like a dog in the living room, like shaking herself awake and then Ruthie just wanting like <laughs> extra cuddles and then the cats kind of doing their own thing in the morning. Like, yes, you're, yeah, we're, you're a mom of four, especially with a new dog. It's like having a newborn baby. Thank you. Yes. It's very <laughs> similar to that. She, she is very good. She's probably easier than a baby, but we'll compare in a few months, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> However, oh my gosh, I haven't even told Dave this. And I just remembered. I woke up in the night last night and this has never happened before. But Ruthie sleeps with us and then one of our cats, Olive, sleeps with us. And last night I woke up and Olive and Ruthie were spooning. 
they've never like cuddled. Like they always like they want to be near each other, but they want their space. But I woke up last night and Olive was like, her legs and arms were like on top of Ruthie's face. Um, I don't even care. I would have had the flash on my camera. <laughs> I recording a video. Sorry, Dave. This is important. Well, they sleep like in the crooks of my legs, and so I was like trying to get my phone, like trying to get a light on. And unfortunately, <laughs> Olive is a very light sleeper and she moved. Um, but I'm now other. overjoyed, like, thinking about this the morning after. <laughs> like a dream so you, like, just remembered. It was not a dream. It was real. But yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was It was a great night, uh, apparently. Now, now that I think about it. Um, great Halloween yesterday. The Browns came away with a huge win over Cincinnati. Um, as I told you in the t- pre-show, Tia, it, the Browns dressed up like a team that knew how to play football for Halloween. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> it's the least they can do, honestly. Right. Did you see Miles Garrett's get up heading into the stadium? Yeah. Well, I watched like the the pregame interview about why he chose that and his – front yard setup that he does and all that but no I as soon as I like saw that first play where he tipped the pass I was like um I think he I think he's on one today Halloween is his day (laughs) it sure is I mean he's Jurassic Miles he's channeling his inner dinosaur (laughs) um how was your Halloween It was good. We, I don't know. We're not like a big Halloween family. I don't know if that's because Cam didn't grow up with it, but I also, I wasn't that into it when I was a kid either because I'm a scaredy cat, (laughs) but I I put out a bowl for trick-or-treaters. This is our first year like living in a house with, or for Halloween. So um, all the candy was gone. That was a pleasant surprise. So I guess it was successful, but we didn't dress up and we didn't dress up the dogs. It's the least I should do. I mean, yours were adorable. Thank you. Yeah, we <laughs> we definitely dress our pups up. Ruthie and Lucy went to Camp Bow Wow. Ruthie or Lucy, excuse me, passed her Camp Bow Wow interview yesterday. Um, I so I'm a proud that. mama. I was so um, proud of her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, So Lucy was Winnie the Pooh, uh, which was what Ruthie was last year. We didn't know how she would do with a costume. So we figured rather than get a new costume, we'd see how things went. Um, And then Ruthie was a snail, um, which is very cute. Okay. I thought she was an alien when you sent me a picture. (gasps) Well, she does have like the the eyeballs. So yeah. Yeah. I thought they were like antennas. But no, a snail is adorable. I need to relook at that photo now. (laughs) (laughs) Um. It was pretty precious. We didn't dress up the cats. Uh, they are not fond of being dressed up, even though I think it's adorable. <laughs> you don't see a lot of dressed up cats, and I feel like there's a reason for that. <laughs> I I want to try again. We'll, we'll see. We probably should start with bandanas first and get them used to bandanas before we do, I don't know, bat wings, skeleton costumes. <laughs> Just throwing yeah. falling here. But yeah. Anyway, uh, Tia, so excited to have you on the show today. We do have lots of exciting things to talk about. Um, But for the second time this football season, we're going to talk about the fight. So, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, okay, listen, I know Michigan State is at fault here. I like fully at fault, but like Michigan, I, how many times is enough going to be enough? I think they, they even had a scuffle with Ohio State last year, right? I remember like a video of like Coach Mick like holding people back. Like this setup does not work. Add another tunnel. (laughs) And for those of you who missed it, really, really ugly scene after Michigan, Michigan State last weekend at the big house. Uh, Four Michigan State players were suspended um, after they actually beat up a Michigan player in the tunnel. Um, Yeah. No, it was like brutal and i'm glad like they're getting police involved there's there's a video of it yeah yeah like i said it was very very ugly but tia you're absolutely right this is not the first time in fact it's not the first time this this season this month um, this (laughs) this month well technically we're in november now oh my god how did we get here (laughs) we play michigan in like three weeks no (laughs) Oh, I'm not ready. Anyway, back to the issue at hand. Just a couple weeks ago, in the same month that this incident happened, um, James Franklin, after Penn State had a similar, less violent incident with Michigan, like spoke at his presser and said that something has to be done and that the conference has to do something about ensuring that these teams don't meet in the tunnel. And Jim Harbaugh called him sophomoric and a ringleader. And said that basically he was just blowing steam and that he didn't have time for it. I'm assuming it was like a much violent scuffle if Harbaugh is saying that. I want to hope. I mean, I'm sure it was less violent, but he can't like dismiss this concern. And then all of a sudden a week later be like, oh, now that it's my team that was impacted, this like we should be pressing charges against these players. That was the story that came out this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so typical Harbaugh. Yeah, at least he could have been like, oh, yeah, James Franklin, like, you were right. I'm sorry I called you out on that. But instead, it's like we all have to rally behind him and his players when it happens to him, but dismiss anybody else that it happens to. And again, all of these things are happening at Michigan. This seems to be a Michigan problem. I mean, it is. I don't don't know much about the stadium's architecture, but, like, I feel like this is the only stadium that has – a shared tunnel, at least. Otherwise, we would hear, at least in the Big Ten, I mean, because you don't hear about this anywhere else. Yeah, actually, uh, one, you're exactly right. And this didn't happen in a tunnel, but there's a reason that these protocols exist and that even things like storming the field have certain ways about, you know, ways about them. Because just a few weeks ago, after Tennessee beat Bama, if you remember, an Alabama player hit a fan on the head. Um, and Alabama was investigating the incident. Um, you know, the fan was storming the field and got in the way of the Alabama player who's trying to get off the field and the Alabama player hit her. Um, so it's, I mean, all of these things are ugly. Emotions are running high. Violence is never the answer, but let's make it easier for players and fans to not encounter one another when these emotions are in the state. Yeah. I, I, they're, I don't know how I don't even know how much security. I that's not what I'm looking for when people are rushing the field, but I'm this was I'm assuming this was like the Tennessee fans, right? Oh, you yeah. you said that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the the taking down the 
the posts, I'm thinking there weren't that many security in that situation. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, like, for safety, like, there should be a reasonable set of safety because, like, they're going to take down the goalposts anyway. So let's allow them to do it safely. And let's also, before storming the field, make sure that there's a clear path for opposing players to get off the field and into their locker room. Yes, 100%. Hold your breath count to 10, and then storm the field. Yeah. Practice <laughs> meditation. Yeah. I mean, how, funny, how funny would that be if like on the Jumbotron there was like, breathe in, breathe out, <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. Now storm the field. <laughs> yeah, because that would work for sure. <laughs> I asked Jamie this a couple weeks ago. Um, Tia, have you stormed the field at Ohio State? Yeah, the – 2016 Michigan game. Oh, what a day. I know. That was 2016, right? Why does that feel yeah. so The double overtime? Yes. Okay. When I said the date out loud, I was like, that seems like a decade ago. <laughs> well, when you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, 2016, like yesterday. And then I looked at the calendar on my computer <laughs> and it was six years ago. Yeah. No, that was one of – that's probably – my favorite memory, like way up there. I mean, Aww. nothing is more fun. Have you? So here's the thing about the Air Force Academy, you sort of reverse storm the field because you have to march onto the field at the start of every game. Oh, okay. Um, and then you run into the stands. <laughs> yeah. There's like videos of it. They like love showing it at every Air Force game. Actually, um, it's Air Force Army this weekend at Air Force. So you'll yeah. see it in action. And it, they always make a big deal of the inner service academy games. Okay. I really want to see that. I can't even picture what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They, they march. Well, it's mostly the freshmen, but they march all 40 squadrons onto the field. You line up and it's like a military formation parade type of thing. And then at okay. the same time, everybody just like runs like hell off of the field and into the stands. Yeah. That's cool. If you say so. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It's 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 probably cooler to observe than to participate in. <laughs> we'll just say that. Oh. Um, but anyway, wanna get back to Penn State. On a more positive note, this past week, obviously Ohio State emerged with a win. It was not as easeful, we'll say, as some of the other Ohio State ones this year. Yeah. I um I did. I did leave the room for a good chunk of the game. <laughs> and I think I came out when Henderson ran it in for a touchdown, like what was that, the fourth quarter? But well, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm pregnant. I can't be stressed, okay? It's not good for the baby. No, but I <laughs> I always hate playing Penn State, so I was kind of expecting that. But it definitely it definitely showed us where Ohio State's weaknesses lie for sure. Agreed. And also, you're like you are not my only friend who texted me that they also left the room. <laughs> this is just a common thing with Penn State. I feel like yes, I'm like I mean I'm scarred anyway because I was the only time I've ever been to Penn State is when we lost, and it's just oh, excruciating. I hate when they like pan to the fans. 
it gives me PTSD. I and then especially when we're not doing great and it pans to the fans, I'm like, I got to get out of this room. <laughs> I feel like I'm there. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's I, a tough place to play. So we do have to take that into consideration. That is, it's rough there. I believe it. And like, even with a noon game, like thank goodness that this wasn't a night game. Oh, um, thank God. Because those are the worst. Um, but yeah, I feel like for the first time this season, it felt like Ohio State might not come out with a win. Because even against Notre Dame, you were like, oh, you just need – like they just need to get their rhythm. Um, right. And then, of course, you know, they're at home. Things tend to work out better when you're playing at home. Um, but Saturday, it was like, oh, like we're down. We're down late. This crowd is yeah. hostile and fired up. Um, but I feel like in many ways, Ohio State got a lot of credit for making that comeback in a tough environment, um, which works out like we didn't get penalized for having a close game against a tough opponent, which I feel like could have happened. Yeah, for sure. I'm and I'm like, I think that their win was very impressive, you know, despite the fact that we showed up in the fourth quarter. Penn State is still a tough opponent. So I think I think what made me the most nervous is I hate when it's the coaches that are kind of losing the game for you because it's like you feel so not that I have any control when it's the players or whoever, but you just feel so like helpless because the man who's calling the plays, it's like he Ryan Day was being so stubborn. I don't know what it was, but then I mean, that was a player win. The players, they bailed Ryan Day out at the end. Yep. And uh, our our dear friend Matt wrote a great column about why Ryan Day should probably hand over offensive play calling duties just a few weeks ago. Um, Because you're exactly right. It was how many times are you going to try to run it up the middle and get absolutely nothing or a screen when Penn State has been all over this all game? And at some point, like, you have to establish the run before the run is going to work, right? You can't just keep trying the same thing and it not work. No, they Um, kept lining up the same way. Like, Penn State, they know you're running the ball, Ryan. (laughs) Like, I know you're running the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Unlike the Cleveland Browns last night, who did establish the run and Cincinnati could not stop it. that the opposite was what was happening with Ohio State. They were uh, yeah. clearly running and clearly unable to get there. Um, but to your point about the player win, like after, you know, a very, very anemic first two and a half, almost three quarters, seeing Stroud and his receivers really start clicking in the yeah. fourth, um, that was impressive. And I think that says a lot about Stroud. You know, I feel like a lot of, quarterbacks might feel down might you know have that voice in the back of their head everyone says like the best quarterbacks have the shortest memories and I think Stroud had a very short memory because he just kept at it and ultimately you know with his offense was able to win the game a game that they were kept in because of maybe the best defensive performance we've seen yeah I mean they're oh by us yeah by us, yes. Right, for Although sure. We, we will credit the Penn State defense. They did do a really good job. Fine. I, yeah. Like, Stroud freaking killed it because they had 
a good secondary who, I mean, we barely saw much of Egbuka. And then, you know, Marvin Harrison, it's like, even when he's not open, just throw it to him anyway. <laughs> Thank right. God He'll just catch it. <laughs> but yeah, you're, I mean, that was, I, I told Cam, I was like, I finally look forward to the defense coming on. Like, I miss those days so much when we had the Bozas and Chase Young where you're like, even if the offense didn't score, you're like, oh, but our defense is coming on, yay. Like, last year, you could not if, – if we didn't score, I'm like, well, we're screwed until the offense comes back, you know? It's like being in the early 2000s again. Yes. It's so fun. <laughs> I love having a good defense. I know that, like, the state of college football is turning to a more offensive – direction but oh I think defense is so fun well defense is fun when you have huge plays um so obviously JTT had the game of his life he was national player national defensive player of the year or of the week the year's not over yet the year too <laughs> probably like he may have earned it for the year based on this performance um really I mean I feel like we wanted him to do well heading into this year because he's been around. But then all of a sudden, like this was his game and he finally showed up and showed up in a huge way. Yeah. I think before la- – no, what did he have last week? He had he did something last week too. But before that, I saw a tweet that was like he had zero sacks for the season and like was he overhyped? Because, you know, there was a ton of hype about him coming in as a recruit. Yeah. And – I love that he just shut everyone up. I mean, you cannot. I, he had like a play for every game of the season <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. I, between pick six, fumble recovery, three, I mean, three tackles, two sacks. Like it's, that's a stat line for an entire year for some players. Literally. Yes. Love it. Um, also like Ohio, I don't know. Last week against Iowa, Ohio State had their first pick six of the season. So it feels nice that we're kind of getting into a rhythm with pick sixes now. Yeah. Like I did. No, you said we did have them last year, but my. Or did we, we well, just the defense was so bad last year that we forget that we had a lot of defensive scores. I literally I can't even remember like who did that. <laughs> I, I, I try to erase that part of my brain but no it feels like we're we're having more than we've had in years yeah it's in a way that's meaningful right because it's defensive plays that end drives and keep offenses in games when they seem to be struggling right yeah Um, and that's what we've seen in the last two weeks is when the offense hasn't been able to be as dominant as they were you know in the opening games of the season the defense says great we will be even more dominant and give you some leeway yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet that was like, how many teams are shaking in their boots because they notice Ohio State has a defense now? <laughs> like, love that. Right. Um, well, wrapping up Penn State, because I know that you love him, Cade Stover. I do. He's so great. I mean, obviously, we're used to, as Ohio State fans, we're used to having a tight end who's like there to block primarily but like he's not only doing that well but he has a touchdown every game I just think it's it's such a I feel like we're spoiled even though (laughs) 
tight ends that's typically expected of them elsewhere. But I, I, I can't even picture this offense without him. And we have like four all-star receivers. Yeah. It's exciting because in a world where you have Marvin Harrison Jr., you also have Cade Stover for the check down. Yeah. It's such a luxury. <laughs> I know. But anyway, exciting win. We'll talk more about where Ohio State is heading next. It's a tamer cat, we'll say, opponent, um, which is the perfect segue into our newest segment, Cats versus Dogs. Um, so if you missed the show for the last couple of weeks, we went through all of the mascots in the FBS and pulled them into either Team Dog or Team Cat. Uh, we have 13 members in Team Dog and 20 members in Team Cat. Um, <laughs> T, I'm so excited you're here. <laughs> I'm excited about this. So last week, Team Dog went five and four with four buys. Um, this was the first outright winning record for either Team Dog or Team Cat in the last three weeks of doing this. Um, Team Cat went six and nine uh, with five buys, aka cat naps. Um, <laughs> however, Team Cat did go two and one in cross species matchups. So South Alabama beat Arkansas State, um, and FIU beat Louisiana Tech. However, the dog over cat matchup was Tennessee beating Kentucky, which is very I'm cool. Team Dog. I don't know if you were aware. I, I gather that. Does that mean I'm team cat by default? I mean, you have two cats. So as we'll talk about in our last matchup, I do just want everyone to have fun. Um, <laughs> we'll just address that now. Tennessee is playing Georgia this weekend. And it's two of the cutest live oh. mascots in football. I don't know who to pick. I know. Do you think that Uga and Smokey are friends? Um, well, do you think that they're going to introduce them? Like, do you think they'll hang out together on the sideline? I hope so. Do you remember? It would be safer. Do you remember that one time when Georgia played Texas and Bevo tried to attack Uga? Yes. So that probably wouldn't happen. No. Like, (laughs) I do wonder if there are some sort of protocols. (laughs) I'm sure, but... I mean, they're two little guys, so yeah, they should meet. They should. They should because it's like they're. I feel like they're bored at the game anyway, and it'd be nice to have one of their own to talk to. <laughs> yeah, even if it's the rival, even if it's literally the visual representation of their rival, they're still like, <laughs> "Hey, friend." Has Tennessee is this? Have they always had a live mascot? Uh, I believe so. So a few weeks ago when I wrote about this, um, we're, we have Smokey the 11th, I believe. So we've had Smokey for a while. I don't know why. I guess maybe just because they're getting more media attention this year, but I didn't, I had no idea they had a live mascot. Yeah. Smokey. Oh yeah. Smokey has been around. He's not like a new phenomenon. Okay. Well, I love him. Oh my God. He's so cute. Um, And also, Aga's cute. I'm with you. I don't know who to cheer for. I want them both to have fun. I would love for them to have a little play date. (laughs) 
I mean, well, is gay is college game day going there? That I'm not sure of. I think game day might also. I know that the night game is Alabama LSU, and that's what. Oh yeah, calling, okay. um, which is also a good game. Obviously, because game day, game day would probably show the two dogs meeting. I would think. <laughs> I mean, I hope so. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Are we um, the only podcast to talk about this? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think it's an important storyline. It's it's incredibly important news we're breaking. Like. We've got the Manning cast for Monday Night Football. We'll have the Tia and Meredith cast that's just a camera on the dogs the entire time. Yes. <laughs> and commenting on how cute they are. <laughs> um, well, we are going to talk about actual football things, including the Georgia-Tennessee and Alabama-LSE matchups, um, but we are going to take a short break, so stay with us. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Should we just jump in? UT versus UGA. Yeah. So I I I don't know. I think this is gonna actually show us how good Georgia is. Because I know they're good. I know. But I I see a lot of hype as though, like, especially with the Oregon win, as if they're like as good as they were last year. And I just I don't I don't know what to think of them yet. Their, their scores aren't that great. You know, they barely beat Missouri. Ohio State is scoring upwards of like 50 points against their opponents in Georgia. I think their biggest score was like 55, which was against Vanderbilt. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Georgia to be really tested. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget Georgia Kent State. When, yeah, that too. <laughs> I mean, we're also, also close. <laughs> Um, yeah. I, Missouri was was closer, but Ken State is just kind of funny. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree. It, I mean, and we'll talk about Bama in a minute, but I feel like the story is pretty similar. Um, it feels like Georgia is kind of number one by default. Uh, they're obviously a good team, but just yeah. how good remains a question. Um, I think Tennessee has proven a lot in the last couple of weeks. Um, obviously. You know, their win over Bama solidified them um, as a top three team. And I think we also, I mean, we knew heading into the season, Georgia lost so much to the NFL last year. And I think the fact that they played Oregon in week one 
maybe pulled the wool over our eyes a little bit because we were like, right. oh, they just reloaded. They're they're back exactly how they were, like you said, Tia. But um, yeah, there's some there are some question marks. Uh, yeah, and, and we'll, we'll see this weekend just how concerned you know Georgia fans should be about those question marks. Yeah, because it's not – I'm not trying to see if they're a good team or not because they are and they're going to be in the playoff. But I, I want to see if they're beatable, you know, for Ohio State because last year I was like, let's let's not get to the playoff. I don't want to play them, <laughs> you know. So I, I think that they're – I think they're beatable and I think this Saturday will – I think it'll test both of them, honestly. I think it'll also show if Tennessee really is as good as a number two ranking or did they just, you know, get super overhyped with Alabama. Okay, so a couple points. Number one, we're going to talk about the SEC playoff picture later because we have to and we got to get ahead of it. Um, But also, did you know that you could tie in the AP poll? No, not until I read your show notes and I clicked on the AP poll and I was like, there's not even a number three. I don't. Well, this has happened before, but we were children. No, I do not. Like, why? Why? Well, it's it's voting. And so it's people voting. And so theoretically, you can have a tie. And it came out to a tie for the first time since 2004. But why is there not a number three? <laughs> There's two number twos. But if they got equal amount of votes, wouldn't the next amount of votes be number three? Like, why'd no, they do the Michigan next, like that? Because <laughs> the next team is the fourth best team because there's two number twos. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I still don't understand. I just, I, I am delighting in the fact that they put Michigan at four when they probably could have put them at three. <laughs> I don't know. I just, feel like there should have been like a Chuck Norris tiebreaker giving like the thumbs up or thumbs down and someone being number two and someone being number three to save us the conversation. I hate you. <laughs> wild. Um, well, in in the majority of like the lists that I came across on Twitter, Ohio State was listed above Tennessee. And I was like, does that mean something? No, you know, they both have two, but I'm like, they're listed first. But then if you go to the AP website, they're not listed before Tennessee. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> we don't have Maybe. that going for us. I feel like it should just be alphabetical in Ohio State's first. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, next game up. So talked about this already. Air Force versus Army. Tia, it sounds like you might want to watch the pre-show and the march on and the flyovers and all of these things. And then two hours later, you can tune in for the end of the fourth quarter because this game will be fast because it's the tri- two triple option teams that do nothing but run the ball, <laughs> which is exciting. Go Air Force. Beat Army. Yeah. I'll root for Air Force for you. Thank you. This next one is just kind of silly. I call it the what could have been bowl. Uh, Baylor versus Oklahoma, two teams ranked in the top 10 heading into the season who have fallen <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah, Oklahoma is cracking me up this year. <laughs> <laughs> we should have known. I mean, we did know, like when Lincoln Riley left and half his players left with him. But yeah. the defensive I mean, experiment we, of Brent Venables is not working. No. And we've had like so many – I mean, they've been a top team for the, at least the last like five years – 
it's just interesting to see their downfall. It's always fun to see a team's downfall, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I think now is probably a good time to start addressing the playoff picture. Um, we are recording this on Tuesday morning before the first college football playoff rankings come out. Um, however, TCU looks like the team to beat in the Big 12. They're undefeated. I think I saw they have like a 30% chance of winning out, which is among the top five of any remaining team or any remaining undefeated team. Um, So, you know, not the odds are not stacked against them. Um, Obviously, TCU got snubbed in the first college football playoff in favor of Ohio State. <laughs> oh my God. LOL. Yes. Um, to me, it feels like the Big 12 is likely to get shut out of the playoff, especially given the SEC playoff picture. Yeah. I don't I, you don't you don't think well okay, if Ohio State beats Michigan, you think they're out? If Michigan is out? Yeah, like so, because Georgia and Tennessee, one of them have to lose. So So what yeah, yeah. So here. Alabama plays LSU this weekend. If LSU beats Bama, Bama is completely out. The tricky scenario, of course, is if Georgia beats Tennessee and then Bama beats Georgia in the SEC title game because then you have a round robin of one-loss teams. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And And do you really punish Bama that much for losing a tight game on the road? Um. And so it gets it gets tricky, right? It does. But so we're really pulling for an LSU win this weekend, I guess. It makes me so mad that they put LSU, they rank them right before playing Alabama just to add their to their strength of schedule. I swear that was on purpose. I mean, yeah. Well, LSU <laughs> has gotten hotter in the last few weeks. Again, a thing I hate to say. Um, <laughs> they are the worst. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't care what the playoff picture is. If I well, I guess if Alabama loses, it's it's better for us. But I I just will always root against Alabama, no matter what. Yeah, um, I do agree on the rankings. It feels like after number ten, it is a bit of a it's a bit of a crapshoot. Uh, Illinois is fourteenth. There aren't there isn't a single team that you could have put. I how is Illinois? number 14 (laughs) well how are all of these teams below them how is penn state below them oh my god (laughs) well that's and illinois lost like penn state lost to michigan on the road illinois lost to indiana yes (laughs) that's Indiana lost to cincinnati and someone else i forget but it was not good (laughs) It doesn't matter. Indiana's not a good team is the they bottom lost line. Rutgers, Rutgers oh. and Cincinnati and hey. they beat Illinois. I just I'm I'm higher on Rutgers this year. Um <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless. Uh speaking of playoff picture, like oh, like the Big 10 can only have one team in the playoff. Like it would be so embarrassing to have two teams in when your third best team is Illinois. And the like the entire Big Ten West is just garbage. No, it's it's really bad because Cam and I have 
become kind of close to this guy here in Houston who works for the Texans. And he's a die hard, like living and breathing Auburn fan. So we have like this SEC versus Big Ten thing going on, which kind of started at the very beginning of the season before I knew what was about to follow. Oh, yeah. Expectations were so much higher. Words. I'm like, what? Because there is that one week, I think it was like week two, where every Big Ten, every Big Ten team was losing to like no one. And I'm like, oh, God. And then I look yeah. down at my phone and I have a text from him and I'm like, no, I can't watch. I can't open that. No. It's, it's not a good year for the Big Ten. But still, Michigan is – just because Illinois is the third best, Michigan looks good. I mean, not that I would like to see them in the playoff, but no, I think they deserve never. to be there even if we beat them. I mean, if we beat them, unfortunately, like it just doesn't time out well, you know? Yeah, like right before the last game of the season, you get shut out of your Big Ten of the Big Ten championship. Like the only, I feel like the only scenario that the loser of Ohio State Michigan might get in, and this would even be just so convoluted, might be like Michigan loses to Ohio State, Ohio State loses to Illinois in the Big Ten championship. Like, <laughs> oh my God, it's. It, and it's not the way that you want to get in, right? And that's even a ridiculous scenario in, a, in and of itself. Um, but realistically, like Pac-12 feels like they're barred. Like Clemson. I, I actually think that Notre Dame is going to beat Clemson this weekend. That's my upset pick. Um, I like but I pick. don't think the ACC will send a champ. Um, yeah. So it feels like we'll have two SEC, one Big Ten, and then like – I guess of those that I just mentioned, like the Pac-12 feels the most likely to have someone unless TCU runs the table and impresses. I don't know. It feels like after the top three, things just become very, yeah, very. That's why I'm, I am excited for the, the expansion of the playoffs because I don't know, a year like this kind of shows you that four, four isn't enough in my opinion. I know that's very controversial, but I think it'd be more fun. It's absolutely not enough. You're exactly right. And if we have three SEC teams in the playoff, I'm just going to – No, that cannot happen. I cannot listen to the SEC crowd because, again, it's like you got in because, like, look at the rest of the rankings, you know. But I don't know. I'm I'm just glad I don't have that job of the playoff committee. (laughs) That's right. No, that would be terrible. Yeah. I mean, I do I do love that they wait until November to release their rankings because I just feel like if you look at the preseason AP poll, like Texas A&M was in the top 10. Yeah. Utah was in the top 10. Like teams I that I guess Utah's made a comeback, but like teams that had no business, you know. What was Notre Dame? Like Notre five? Dame was number 4, number 5? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I think Notre Dame is going to re-enter the rankings. They beat BYU. BYU's been on a slide, granted, but uh, I think they can beat Clemson. I think Marcus Freeman has gotten them on the right track. And also, I'm biased because I love him, and it would help Ohio State strength the schedule. And I agree. I really like that pick. Thank you. I we'll think see. I think they can do it too. <laughs> 
We'll see how Ooh, it goes. A lot of good games this weekend. I'm excited. We didn't have yeah. that many this past weekend. No. No, it was kind of a – well, after watching Ohio State beat Penn State, I was exhausted. Oh, yeah. I was done. <laughs> I was Emotionally, like, I was I'm good. drained. <laughs> um, do you have any other games you're excited about or any other hot takes? No. I think – I think Georgia's going to end up beating Tennessee – um, I think the only upset will be Notre Dame. I would love, love if LSU beat Alabama, but I don't see it happening. We'll see. TBD. We'll chat in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, on to a game that is probably a little bit less controversial. We have Northwestern coming up Saturday. <laughs> Ohio State, what they open up as 36 and a half point favorites. <laughs> That's an insult to us. <laughs> to you? <laughs> oh, this one is tough as a Northwestern yeah. person yeah. living in Chicago. However, what are your thoughts for the game <laughs> and your final score prediction? Seeing Iowa score 33 on Northwestern is really all I need to, to know. <laughs> um, I feel like this is going to be like Toledo repeat i think we have 77 i'm gonna go with the exact score 77 21 and they'll score 21 points when our backups are in (laughs) because i i think that ryan day will make the necessary corrections to his play calling or hand duties over Ooh, hey you know what else we could see is uh with anderson like as mostly the sole back might we see an Ohio State rushing record broken this weekend. I hope so. It happened. Remember when Trey Sermon broke the record against Northwestern in the Big Ten title game 2020? I sure do. Oh, <laughs> Trey Sermon. I love him. Ugh, he's so great. I, miss him. I forgot about him, honestly. <laughs> oh, well, he – I mean, he's on the Niners, right? And then he got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> and he was only, what, like one year at Ohio State? Yeah, he was at Either. Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Breaks my heart. I think Ohio State, like you said, is going to use poor Northwestern as an opportunity to right the ship and fix things that have gone awry in the last couple weeks. And the fact we saw an offensive explosion from Iowa does not bode well <laughs> for the Northwestern defense. <laughs> Um, how many possessions like can you have in a game? I don't know. I feel like Ohio State will just score on every possession that they can have. <laughs> if we see Jesse Murko step foot on that field to do anything but hold a field goal kick, I am turning the TV off. <laughs> yeah. I would say that the only advantage Northwestern has is it's a home game, but I've been to that stadium and <laughs> when they play Ohio State, it is a home game for Ohio State. Um Oh, God. Too close. It's too close. Dare I say Ohio State might break 80? Ooh. I didn't want to say it because you're the Northwestern alum, but you're allowed to say it. (laughs) Thanks. Um, We're going to go 80, so 11 touchdowns and a field goal to to 12. 
I don't know if Northwestern <laughs> can even score a touchdown against the third stringers. They're really bad this year. I hate to say it. I love Pat Fitzgerald, but they're so bad. They really, yeah. I haven't watched them play, but I, I, I looked at their schedule and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they've gotten their best. Their only win came against Nebraska. Oh, Nebraska. That's even, oh my God. Anyway, oh, that sounds that well, sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> well, now I'm really depressed. Um, but can you bring me up? Do you have any shout outs to wrap things up today? So I don't know if this is so much of a shout out as it is a story. But that friend that I mentioned, who his name is Grant, and he is the Auburn fan. So again, we have this like bit going on about SEC versus Big Ten. Like I texted him, it just means more when Penn State beat Auburn. And that's kind of how it started. Um, but we went to this Halloween gala. In, oh my gosh, um, I saw these pictures. It looked so fun. Sorry, yeah, please continue. It was for Houston SPCA. So one of the, it was like there was an auction, and one of the items was a suite at a Texas AM game. And so the auction person's like, and they got a lot of bids. You know, we're in Houston, Texas, FYI, for people wondering. Um, and the person's like, who wants to go experience the greatest college football stadium in America, the greatest college atmosphere? You know how Texas A&M people are. There were a ton of fans in the crowd. But he and I both, like, at the exact same time, rolled our eyes and, like, shook our heads. And I just felt like, if there's anything to bring SEC, Big Ten, or I guess Auburn, Ohio State fans together, it's hatred towards Texas A&M. So that was that was hilarious. I was like, I really like that we, we can share this moment at least. <laughs> Love that for you, especially in the midst, like you said, of a rough season for yeah. your Big Ten versus SEC bet. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to give a shout out to my vet. Uh, Our girls had to – well, one of them had to go in yesterday. And I just – I feel like you shouldn't be a vet unless you love animals. But I love how much our vet loves our animals. And she was like as excited as I was about meeting our cat. Did something Um, happen? She – I'm not going to embarrass her, but she had some some bloody diarrhea. I did just embarrass her. I'm so sorry, Luna. Um, everything is fine. Um, okay. But she had to spend Halloween at the vet. Uh, and, the, like, the vet called me to, like, tell me, you know, what was going on and that everything was okay. And she was just like, Luna is the sweetest girl ever. And I was like, thank Aww. you so much. And then when I went to the vet, they gave her just some, like, information in, like, a paper bag. But they decorated the paper bag with Halloween stickers. Um, and then when they gave me like her write up and stuff, they put like stickers on that and like drew little Halloween pictures. Um, and I was like, hey, thank you for that. making this like kind of stressful experience like yeah. much happier because everything is okay and you took great care of her. And also it's Halloween. So thank you. Okay. I will say like we've been to a lot of vets in a lot of different cities. Not all vets are like that. So. Oh, I know. You have a gem. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, love it when they treat our pets like – I was about to say treat our pets like people, um, but you know what I mean? (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Dogs are people too. (laughs) 
Anyway, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Tia at Tia Johnston underscore, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks.